Well, good morning. Everybody doing well today? Mostly? Who's thankful for a little nip in the air? Yeah, okay. Not everybody. Okay. I am very, very thankful for it. Hey, listen, let's, uh, let's start today just a, a little bit different. Instead of uh, listening to me talk, why don't y'all listen to each other talk just for a moment? Here, here's what I want us to do. Take, take like 30 seconds, maybe 20 seconds. And, and in that time, share with the person around you, next to you, maybe a family member, a friend, gosh, even if it's a stranger, not trying to create an awkward moment here or anything, but, but share one thing that you are thankful for as, as you enter the, the Thanksgiving season. Go, go ahead and just share one thing. Everybody share something. One, re, go, do it now. <laughs> Okay. Man, all right. Hey, that's a good response. I, you know, just listening, I, I, I hate to put this out there, I think this side is a little more thankful. I, I don't know. It, it, it just, you know, if you're doing the voice-o-meter or whatever that is, but uh, uh, a little more thankful over here. No, I, I, I hope that was good. You know, what just happened here is a good, that's a good moment. That, that's a good thing. We just filled this room with gratitude. And that, that's a, try that at home. Okay, that's something you want to take home with. Take it to work. Take it to school. It's a good thing. It's an environment changing thing to fill a room, to fill a relationship with gratitude. Hey, listen, in the things you just said, now I'm not asking if you're thankful for these things. I'm asking if in like 15 seconds ago, if this is what you just said. How many said you were thankful for something related to health? Anybody? Okay. Okay. Uh, well, no wonder this side's thankful. This is the sick side. Yeah, <laughs> a lot more, a lot more hands over here. How many said something related to a job? Okay, quite, quite a few there. The rest of us, maybe I guess praying for a new one. I don't know. Uh, how many of you said something related to family? Okay, that's that a lot of us probably should raise your hand now, even if you didn't say that or just help you when you get home a little bit later. So, hey, how many of you said something related to kind of a unique event in 2018 in your family? Kind of, you know, the, the wedding, the graduation, the baby being born. Some, anybody have a unique and special family? Yeah, several of us have. You know, sometimes it is those unique events, like, like a graduation, a, a, a birth, or something. Sometimes those are the only things that can break into, I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, that can break into our standard list of thank yous. Because we, we do have kind of a, a standard list of thank yous that we say when we're told on the spot, say you're thankful for something, uh, my family. You know, it's just, it's just kind of a sin. And by the way, it sounds like I'm making fun of that. I, I, I'm not. That there's nothing wrong with having kind of some standard things, some repetitive things that we're thankful for. At, at Thanksgiving this year, I will, I will say I'm thankful for my health. And I really hope I have the opportunity to say that Thanksgiving 19, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with a repetitive list of thank yous. But we also want to make sure that we're not falling back to that 
as some kind of go-to list without thinking afresh about what we could be thankful for, what, what we should be thankful for. I, I want to, this holiday season, Thanksgiving season, maybe uh, help myself, help us think anew, think afresh about some things that maybe we had not thought about before. And we're going to do that by looking at, by studying the attributes of God. Uh, three in particular. Now, when you're talking about attributes, you might think, well, this is where we're going to, I mean, an attribute is a character quality of God. And so we might think, okay, well, gosh, we're going to look at how God is good, right? I mean, isn't that something we're thankful for? God God is good. God is kind. That's an attribute. God's forgiving. Anybody thankful for that? Well, all hands should go up, but we'll just keep them down for the moment, okay? Uh, Yeah, we're thankful. But we're not going to look at those kind of, I don't want to say obvious character qualities. We're we're not going to look at those. We're going to look at the omnis. Are you familiar with the omnis? Omni present, omniscient, omnipotent. God is all-powerful. God is all-knowing. God is everywhere present. We're going to see what these character qualities can mean, can do, can be in our lives and and how they can lead us to gratefulness. We're going to look at uh, omniscience, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. The Sunday after Thanksgiving, we're going to look at omniscience. Now, omniscience is God being all-knowing. He knows everything. That even means he knows everything about our sin. That's, that's not so encouraging to think about, isn't it? But, but, but we're going to take God's omniscience and we're going to see how that works together with what we study and look at in the Lord's Supper. And I, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be pretty special. So that, but that's the Sunday after Thanksgiving. We're, we're here today and today we're going to look at omnipotence. God is all powerful. Now, we're going to introduce these by looking at because God is these things, there are things He never says. These are words that never come out of his mouth because he has these character qualities. Now, with God being all-powerful, you might think the thing we're going to look at he never says is that, boy, that was hard. God, God never says that's hard, right? But actually, God never says that was easy. God never says. There's never been a time in all of eternity where God did something and said, boy, that was, that was easy. God never answered one of your prayers and said, that was easy. You, you didn't offer up a prayer to him and he go, oh, that's, that's an easy one. Can you give me one that's a little challenging? And no, God, God, doesn't, God doesn't say that. Miracles. God doesn't have some miracles that are harder than others. You know, as you and I look at miracles, we might think, right, as we're looking, I mean, they're all impossible to us, right? I mean, there's none of them that we could do. But we might look at a miracle and say, boy, that one was, but that was a hard one. God did a lot of miracles with, with water, didn't he? I mean, there's one time he changed it into wine. There's one time he walked on it. Another time he parted it. Now, if I'm looking at that, I, I don't know. Maybe the wine one was easier. I don't know. I mean, I know we can add powder to water and turn it into Kool-Aid. How hard is that? Maybe that's an easy... No, God doesn't have easy, hard miracles. Hard and easy are measurements of effort. And they're measurements that are absolutely irrelevant to God. 
Nothing is hard. Nothing is easy. There's no effort on God's part when, when it comes to anything. Now let's look at what scripture says when we're talking about the power of God and, and how much power that he has. Look, look what the scripture teaches about this. Psalm 62 says power belongs it, power actually belongs to God. It's not that God just has a lot of it, has more than you have. God is rich in power. No, it actually, all power belongs. He is the owner. He is the owner of power. He is the source of power. The source of power in dynamite is God. The source of power in, in, in a ruling, in a governance, a king, a president, that's God's. The, the power of a parent. That's God's power. Now, if it's God's power, that means that anytime you or I use power, express power, that's not our power to do with as we want. It's his. And so we will answer to him for how we used power because it belongs to him. He has a right to say, I want to look at how you did that. That actually, by the way, is called stewardship. A steward is one who manages. A lot of times we refer to that word as it relates to money, right? God owns all money. God owns all your money, all your stuff. It's not just what we give that belongs to him. All of it belongs to him. And he tells us how to manage what belongs to him. But it's not just money that we are stewards for. We're stewards of power. It belongs to him. We have to answer. Some of us, I bet, feel, I don't have any power. <laughs> Maybe if we're feeling overwhelmed by somebody, we feel like, I don't have any. We're all at different places going to express authority, express power. And we answer to God for that because it's his. Look what Jeremiah says. Ah, Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing. Nothing, no thing is difficult to God. No thing is hard to God. Nothing is a challenge to God. Nothing makes him sweat. Nothing makes him tired. Nothing makes him, listen to this, even pause for a moment and go, how am I going to do this? He doesn't even pause. Nothing is like that. God responds to what Jeremiah said. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is anything, the implied answer is no, is anything too hard for me? Listen to the witness of an angel. Uh, this is a good witness to get. I mean, angels have been around longer than we have. Angels are close to the throne. They get to see a lot more than you and I get to see. Luke one thirty seven. angel Gabriel said, for nothing. I've been watching this for a long time now. Nothing is impossible to God. And one more verse. Let's look at what uh, Psalm 147.5 says. Great is our Lord and what? Abundant. Abundant. I mean, what does abundant mean? It means you got more than you need, right? If you have an abundance of sun, do we have any backyard farmers in here? Grow, grow a garden in you, a couple? Not, not, we're apparently not many green thumbs in our, in our, so you know what, what, what is it about the middle of June you're trying to give cucumbers and tomatoes away? Right? Because you've got, by then, you've got an abundance. You've got more cucumbers and tomatoes than you can possibly eat or can or want to eat, want to can. So now you are, everywhere you go, you've got a grocery sack full of tomatoes and, and cucumbers that you're trying to get people to take. 
Uh, by the way, I'll take them. You can, I, I love them. Bring them to me. But, but we're trying, we're, I got more than I need. I got so much, I can't give it all. Oh, folks, that's what power is to God. It's not that he has a lot of it. He has more than he can even express. More than than you even need to see him. He has an abundance of power. He never gets tired. Think about it. You know powerful people, don't you? I mean, like physically strong. You know some? Have seen some? They get tired, though, don't they? They get tired. They can get injured. That's power when it's broken. They can get injured. They can get old. <laughs> For us, all power is going one direction. Less and less and less and less and less. But you know what? Not all power is brute force, right? S- some power is authority. It's because of a, of a position. And, and in our world, powers can be removed. Sometimes rightly, sometimes wrongly. But they can be removed no matter how powerful they are. Listen to what the scripture says about God. Psalm 29 The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king for how long? Forever. Man, there's some awesome ideas there in that that one short sense. God sits enthroned over the flood. Man, a, a flood is an awesome force of power. I mean, it's just water, right? And yet look at the force and the power of water. Look at the force and the power of a flood. You know, you stop and think about it. In all of our strength, in all of our technology, the best we can do with a flood is manage the destruction. That, that, that's about it. That's all, in all of our strength, we just manage the destruction that a flood is going to bring. A flood, just water, can be such an awesome force of power. You've seen it. You've experienced it. You've watched it on the news. God is above that power. Whatever power you've seen water do, a flood do, God is over, God is bigger, God is more than that power, and He is more than that power for how long? Forever, His power is limitless, and it is limitless from eternity to eternity. He sits over that power forever. You know, that's something to really be thankful for, isn't it? You know, I, probably not every one of us, but, but I'm guessing some of us, you've had a good boss. You've had a good coach. And, and man, when you were under that boss, when you were under that coach, I mean, things just went better. That they liked you for whatever the reason. The rest of us are trying to figure it out. They, they liked you. And because they liked you, you, you know, made sure you got a good assignment. You got a, a good position. You were first in line for a new uniform. I mean, that you just did well under their leadership. But they get removed from power, don't they? Man, I, I, gosh, I remember the first time I kind of experienced this. I, I went to a school to, to run, and there was a tremendous track coach there, one of the, not only one of the best in the nation at that time, still to this day, one of the best in history, just a, an incredible running mind, incredible trainer, and, and, and he liked me. I, I mean, he, he, he liked Randy Hahn, and I like people who like me, you know? I, and, and, and I did well with him. I did well under him. But my senior year, now that's an important year, isn't it? My, my senior year, he was removed. Not because of his performance. That's a whole other story. But whatever it is, he's gone. And, and you know what? That, cre- that creates some anxiety. Wait a minute. 
I, 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 I had a position under him. I, I, I was taken care of under that. That person looked at, and now, and now that's gone. Do you know we never have to be anxious about that? We never have to fear that with God. He doesn't get removed. He doesn't get fired. He doesn't get transferred. He has his power forever. He is a, a king for all eternity. You know, we can also look at God's power in specific ways. Everything the Bible says about God's power is not in general. In general, he has power over everything. No, it talks about some very specific things. God has power over life and death. He gives it. He takes it. It's from him. He breathes life into things. He, he can conquer death. Talk about a place where we're completely helpless, right? Talk about something we have no power against. God can defeat death. God has power over death. We saw God raise Lazarus. We saw God raise the sun. God has power over life and death. God has power over nature. I think one of the greatest demonstrations of power is, is Jesus in that storm-tossed sea, in that boat. And, and there's this raging storm and God's, Jesus is just like, nip it. And the storm instantly stops. Not the storm dies down. Not that the storm went on by. No, it instantly, no more waves, no more rain, no more wind. God has power over nature. God has power over animals. God directs animals where to go, what to do. Jonah shows us that with the, the great fish. As a matter of fact, not only does we, the great fish always stands out in, in Jonah, but God has power over plants. Maybe thinking today, do I care that God has power over plants? <laughs> I don't know if I do, but I see in Jonah, God has power over plants. Jonah chapter 4, if you want to check that out. So God has power over nature. God has power over the demonic world. That's kind of an interesting thought because what does the demonic world do? Fights God, tries to challenge God, tries to stop God. And the funny thing is, and all they're scurrying around trying to disrupt and break and destroy, the moment Jesus speaks, they can do nothing but obey exactly what he says. The, the demonic world is powerless when God directs. Hey, you know something else God has all power over? Circumstances. Now, I don't know if you ever thought about this. We treat circumstances like they're a God. Don't, don't we? Now, I'm not saying you've ever worshipped circumstances. You ever bowed down to circumstances. But, but we talk about circumstances like they're an all-powerful force. Wait a second. Boy, Boy, that, that turned out good. That, that was fortunate for you. Fortunate. What is fortunate? For, fortunate means fortune. Fortune was the power there and it shined on you. Wait, good luck. Boy, that turned out good. We had good luck in that. We had bad luck in that. We talk about luck, uh, the circumstances, as if there's some kind of power that, that yields a good thing or a bad thing in your life. Can I say the obvious? Circumstances are not God. Circumstances are not a force over your life. God is God, and God is God of all circumstances. Boy, we see that great in the story of Joseph. 
Genesis 37 to 50. That's always been one of my favorite stories in the Bible because God comes to Joseph in the beginning there and kind of says, you know, I love you and I've got this great plan for your life. And what follows from that for about 13 years feels like anything but love and a good plan for, I mean, one thing after another goes wrong and it's bad wrong and it's bad wrong for a long time. I mean, it's the kind of thing where you think, can I opt out of your love and good plan for my life? Could I just, could you just ignore me? I think I'd be better off if, you know, I mean, but, but what we find out is that behind these circumstances, God was working. God has authority over circumstances and those circumstances will prove what he wants them to prove. And that's why jo- Joseph, at the end of, a, of the story, and it's what enabled him to forgive what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Circumstances, relationships, are not the greater power in my life. Circumstances, relationships, are not the greater definer in my life. God is... And you may have meant something, this world may have meant something for evil, for wrong, to break me down, but God will pick it up and God will use it. Man, I tell you, a great expression of that comes from, from Job's mouth. I, I trust a lot of you are somewhat familiar with his life. First book of the Bible written, Job. It's about suffering. It's about evil. And Job has about as much suffering and evil touch him as is imaginable And at the end of all that, at the end of the story, the last chapter, Job says this in Job 42. I know you can do all things. Boy, what a statement of faith. Have you ever been through some circumstances where you wondered if God could do anything? I know you can do all things. And listen to this. No purpose of yours can be stopped, can be changed can be defeated, can be thwarted. That doesn't mean I can always see it. That doesn't mean I can connect the dots. But I know now, no purpose of yours can be stopped. Man, God is an awesome, awesome power. There's no place where he is threatened. No place where he is challenged. Or as I said a moment ago, there's no place that even causes him to pause. Now, all this power, here's the really exciting good news and what what should lead us to some gratitude is that power is used for you. As a matter of fact, I made a list. This is not an exhaustive list. This is just a few things that God's power does for you. God is able, what is able? Able's an ability, has the ability. That's a, a measurement of power. God is able to save you. You know, going back to just last week, I asked you the question, do you need to be saved? You know, if I'm healthy, if I'm strong, if, if I uh, am enjoying most of my relationships, if I'm paying my bills, I, I feel, feel pretty good all on my own. Especially if I'm a good person and can point to all the good about me. Can I tell you something? In all your goodness, in all your strength, you are utterly powerless against sin. So I, I, I have power against So you've stopped? There's no sin in your life? You're powerless against sin. You're powerless against death. Do we really need to debate that? You are absolutely powerless against hell. 
However you live this life, whatever wonderful good person you are, you become utterly helpless in the face and the presence of these things. We need to be rescued. We need to be saved. And guess who has the power to do it and does it for you? He can save us. He can save us. God has the power to meet needs. God has the power to heal. God has the power to deliver. Sometimes in the Bible, the word deliver and save are used interchangeably. There, save, I'm using in a more spiritual sense, and deliver is more our circumstances. God can deliver us from the circumstances that we're in. And then this last one, man, this is a precious one. Don't you like putting together the word precious and power? God in all his power is able to keep you. Nothing can rip you out of his arms. You can't rip you out of his arms. God has the power to keep you as his. You know, I think maybe one of my my favorite verses in the Bible. I say that a lot, don't I? My favorite verse of the Bible I mean, I, I imagine at some point you think, he doesn't have a favorite verse of the Bible. He's just saying that to make us think that verse is... is. So this, this next one, this is my favorite, favorite, really, really, I'm serious, favorite verse of... Does that sound believable? Okay. This, this is one... Folks, this is all of God's power for you. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 to 39. For I am sure... I am absolutely sure that there is, there's nothing in death, there's nothing in life. Nothing resides in those realms, nothing resides in those environments that can change, that can end, that can hurt God's love for me. There's no, there's no angel, there's no ruler. Actually, those words there in, in, the, in the Greek language, probably the best way to understand it, there's no good angel, there's no bad angel. There's nothing in the good angelic realm, there's nothing in the bad angelic realm that can change, that can affect God's love for me. There's no power. Oh, there's a lot of powers in the world, but there's no power That can affect my relationship with Christ. There's nothing going on right now. Think about that. There's nothing present. Because we all have probably been at a time. We've been in a circumstance. where, where, Where we wonder can God do anything? Can, can God see? Does, does God, there's no circumstance. Not, not present, not one to come, not, not one that I don't even know about, not one that is around the corner and I, and I can't even see. I don't have to worry about what I can't see because there's nothing out there in the future that can change this. There's nothing in the heights. I don't know how high high goes, but there's nothing up there. There's nothing in the depths. I don't know how deep goes. I guess it bottoms out in hell, but there's nothing down there. That can affect, that can change, that can hurt or destroy God's love for me. There's not one thing. Hey, listen. I, I, I love the last line. It's like he's saying, you know what? I've run out of things to say. Okay, if there's nothing in creation. 
If I haven't mentioned it yet, if I haven't thought of it yet, let me just sum it up this way. There is nothing in all of the created world, the created universe, nothing that can affect God's love for me that I possess, that I own, that I have through Jesus Christ. Folks, do you understand how important those three words are? In Christ Jesus. I don't have God's love because I was born. I don't have God's love because I live on planet earth. I don't have God's love because God loves all the little children. I possess God's love in and through and by the person of Jesus Christ. All God's power for me through Jesus Now, folks, all all these verses I've given this morning, I've thrown a lot up there today, haven't I? A lot of verses, a lot of ideas to come to one verse. To come to one verse, to come to one simple idea today that I just can't help but think should really make me really, really, really thankful. Ephesians 1.19. This is an all-powerful God. What is the immeasurable? There's no measure. The moment you try to measure it, the moment you try to put some kind of adjectives, the moment you put some kind of descriptor on God's power, you've just limited it. There is no adjective, there is no measurement that rightly measures God's power. It is immeasurable. And that immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe. What did that just say? God has an immeasurable power for you who are holding on to him, for you who are trusting in him, for you who believe in him. Man, isn't that something to be thankful for? Man, praise the, praise the Lord. Let's go ahead and applaud God. You are worthy of our applause. There's no power. There's no greatness that we've ever seen that's like you. Praise you, God. But you know, as that thought can lead us to gratitude, you know, I realize in the very same moment, right here, right now, that that same thought can lead to disillusionment. You wouldn't be weird. You, You wouldn't be abnormal. There's not something wrong with you. If you have the thought, well, well, wait a minute. God, if you have all that you have all that power then why didn't you how would you fill in the blank God if you if you have all that power how you mean you let that person do that to me you had the you had the power to stop it and and you and you didn't If, if you have all the power to heal but then, then that means right here you didn't. Why? Maybe as you're trying to process that, it's not a personal thing that has touched you. You're just looking out there at the world at what is going on. You're saying, God, if, if you have, God, if I had all power, I wouldn't let that. I mean, that's a normal thought. If I had all power, I wouldn't let that happen. I would have stopped that. I would have. I would have changed that. And we're now entering probably 
the biggest discussion in Scripture. I, I mentioned a moment ago the first book written in the Bible. Not in, in, if you open your Bible, you'll see Genesis. But chronologically, the first one written is Job. What is Job all about? Why is there suffering and evil in the world? One issue. First time God spoke through the written word and the issue being addressed, where is a good and all-powerful God when there is this suffering and there is this evil? And I'm not going to actually address that now because the service is over. And no, I'm not trying to get out of handling a hard question. But you know what? Could I, could I take us where Job went? Could, could I, in this season of Thanksgiving, could I take us where Job went after he saw his own children die? He dealt with natural disasters. He lost everything that he had. He lost his health. You know, the scripture says that he was, his body was so broken, he took broken pots and tried to scrape his skin. I'm guessing he knows what it means to suffer. And this is his final conclusion. I know God can do all things. Gosh, how many places could he have pointed to in life? Well, you couldn't do that. Well, you couldn't change it. I know God can do all things. And I know no purpose of his can be thwarted. So, so maybe. Maybe a Thanksgiving statement at the turkey. Sounds something like this. God, I hate what's going on in my life right now. I'm sure grateful you have the power to bring about your good purposes in what I don't like, what I don't understand, and what I can't fix. You can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. That can only be true. For someone who has all authority and all power. Let's bow our head and let's close our eyes. Right now, would you just, would you just take a moment in your own heart and mind, you and the Lord, and just tell God what his power means to you. Maybe right now there's some aspect you want to give him thanks for of how his power has worked in your life. Oh, Lord, today we have gathered to worship you, the God Almighty, the God of all power. And we thank you that your power is for us. Oh, God, strengthen our faith to hold on. And, Lord, for those of us whose faith is maybe barely hanging in there right now, oh God, I ask, just wholly dependent upon your grace, that that person here right now, that God this very week could see evidence 
of your power for them. In that circumstance, in that relationship, in that situation, God, may they, may they see evidence. And God, when they see it, may they worship you for it. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.